Has anyone ever come to you and started a conversation by saying, well, I've got good news and I got bad news. And then, of course, you're left with the dilemma of which of those you would like to hear first. So how many of you are bad news first people? Just get the bad news out of the way. And how many of you are good news people? I'd rather hear the good news up front. So most of you want to get the bad news out of the way. Well, here's what I have to share with you today. There were some angels that appeared to shepherds on the hillside in Bethlehem about 2,000 years ago. But they did not come with good news and bad news. They came with a single, solitary message of good news that brings great joy. And that is going to be our focus this morning. So if you'll turn your hearts with me to the Lord, and then we will open God's Word together. Heavenly Fathers, we come to this day. We thank you so much for this season that celebrates Jesus and for this day that acknowledges the joy that we have because of Jesus. And so, Lord, we pray that today you would open our hearts and open our minds, not just our ears, but certainly those, that we could hear and receive what you have for us and that it would make a difference in our lives, in our families, in our attitude and in our actions as we hear this message once again of good news, of great joy that will be for all people. And we ask it in the name of our Savior Jesus. Amen. All right, well, if you have your Bibles, I'm going to invite you to open to the second chapter of Luke. Second chapter of Luke, we're going to begin this morning looking at the 10th verse. And we're going to look at about, uh, we'll go through verse 20 together this morning. So if you've got your Bibles, I invite you to open there. Very familiar, certainly part of the Christmas story that we hear very often. I will let you know, though, if you need a copy of God's Word, if you need a Bible for yourself, feel free to pick one up. We have them at the Welcome Center, and they are there for you so that you can have your own copy of God's Word. All right, as you've got that, bye, Baylor. Bye-bye. So let's open God's word together and hear hear the word of the Lord. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you this is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. And when the angels went away from there, from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds had told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. 
The angel's joyous news was a birth announcement. Now, birth announcements themselves come with good news, right? When you hear that someone that you love is expecting a child, that is reason for celebration, reason for rejoicing. So that's good news. And if we open the pages of Scripture, we see that throughout it, there were some really incredible, big and surprising birth announcements that took place through the Old Testament, even up to the time of the, the conception of John the Baptist. And so, so much has gone on here about these good, that these announcements, this good news of the birth of a baby. But there's never been an announcement anything like this. Because the birth of this baby in Bethlehem was the answer to our fallen human condition. Think about this. Each of us knows, and we can begin, we know that this world is broken, don't we? I mean, no one has to convince you that this world is, is fallen, that it, this doesn't feel like the way it ought to be. Jesus came to be the answer to our fallenness, to the sin that broke everything. He came to be the only hope of our salvation and the one who would bring victory over sin, death, and hell. This is reason to rejoice. And it's no wonder that the angels rejoiced at the announcement. When that announcement was made, it was like heavens, the heavens were peeled back and a host of angels came to celebrate and to rejoice this birth announcement, unlike anything else that had been announced before. Now this, you may not have heard this before, you may have heard this, but the word that is used here for this announcement, this good news, this word in the Greek comes from the Greek verb euangelizo, which we get our word evangelize, kind of sounds like that. It literally means to preach or to tell the gospel. What the angels came to proclaim that day was the gospel, the good news that God's promise from long ago was being fulfilled and they could find the fulfillment of that promise wrapped up in strips of cloth and placed in a manger of all places. A feeding trough. In 1719, Isaiah Watts wrote a series of poems from the Psalms. The intent of his poems were to point the way to Jesus, to show how the Psalms pointed to Jesus. And he wrote one poem out of Psalm 98, verses 4 through 9. But when he wrote that and he looked forward to Jesus... He was not looking forward to this, the birth of Jesus. He was looking forward to the second coming, the return of the resurrected king on that great day. That's what he was looking forward to. And yet, when we sing that song, we sing it as one of the most beloved Christmas songs that we have. Isaac Watts wrote the words, to joy to the world. The Lord is come. 
Let earth receive her king. As we focus on what we find in Luke's gospel and in Matthew's gospel about the birth of Jesus and all those details that we cherish, there's something this morning I do not want you to miss. For this baby that we read about here in chapter 2 of Luke's gospel, this very same baby who was wrapped up in strips of cloth and was placed in a manger, that baby was the crucified Savior, the resurrected Redeemer, the ascended Lord, and the soon and coming King. Imagine all that. Wrapped not in gold and satin, but wrapped up like swaddled, like a baby or even a baby lamb was often done, and placed in a feeding trough. This is the one who had come The one who was promised. This was the fulfillment. And as we read through the Gospels, we see he came to heal the sick. And to take children in his arms and bless them. And to touch lepers whom no one else would touch. And to proclaim freedom to captives and good news to the poor. It is this one who walked, who was born in Bethlehem and walked those dusty ways that we now call the Holy Land. It is this one who was also despised and rejected, denied and betrayed, beaten and crucified, buried in a borrowed tomb, only to rise again on the third day. To ascend into heaven with the promise that he would come again with the clouds. Listen, brothers and sisters, this is our joy. It is a birth announcement, but it is so much more. It is the joy of God coming to us as a baby living among us as the perfect teacher, dying for us on a rugged cross as Savior, rising up as Redeemer, and coming again as King. This Jesus, the totality of who he was, that the shepherds could not understand at that moment. But what they understood was this. There was a God who long ago made a promise to a broken world, to a fallen world, to a world of people who were confused and helpless and, quite frankly, hopeless, to a group of people who, for all their lives, had taken 
lambs and doves and pigeons and rams and bulls to a temple in Jerusalem only to see them sacrificed their blood poured out gallon after gallon after gallon after gallon and yet the cycle was endless one sacrifice after another sacrifice month after month year after year over and over and over again until God sent the once for all sacrifice how much did those shepherds know perhaps not very much but they were raised with the stories of a promise of God they were raised with the stories of Messiah and Savior and they saw in that manger the beginning of the fulfillment they were made a promise good news of great joy and they returned having the great joy that the fulfillment of that good news had brought this very Jesus came for you and for me and we didn't earn this and we haven't deserved this. We did not bribe him to come, nor did we persuade him to stay. It is, we are told, by grace, through faith, that we are saved through this Jesus. As you go home today, many of you have a manger set up somewhere, a, a stable set up, that nativity scene set up in your home. And as you've placed the pieces there so carefully at the center of that display is a little child in a manger. Take some time this week to stop. To think about the shepherds coming out from the fields with this promise of God, this good news of great joy and, and coming to that stable, whatever it looked like. It probably doesn't look like the thing you have displayed in your home. And yet they came. And when they saw that little baby, they were over overfilled with joy to the overflow what about you has it become mundane routine has the joy worn down over time is it now just something you, you, you put up, stories that you read until the season is over and you pack it all away? And you may be reminded if you decided, hey, I want to read through the Bible in a year. You may be reminded if you have the New Testament mixed in that, that, may be that you may get a reminder at the beginning of the year of it. But 
it tends to just evaporate and we, we lose the, the fascination, the magnitude of such a story that all heaven would break in with a burst announcement to bring good news, the gospel that brings great joy. We're told that Mary, she treasured it up, what they told her, pondered it in her heart, but that the shepherds, they returned to the fields glorifying and praising God. They began in the fields around Bethlehem on a a mundane night of keeping sheep, hour after hour after hour of chill and boredom until the angel broke in. Then all heaven burst in, bringing good news of great joy. And they listened to that message. And they went to that manger. And they saw that baby. And they received the great news, the great joy that the good news was true. That's the story we read at Christmas. But quite honestly, it's the story of every believer, at least it should be. But we hear the good news that brings great joy. We hear it. For those of us who trusted in Christ, we receive the good news and the joy that it brings. And then we are called to share the good news with those who need joy. And listen, folks, we live in a world where people need the joy that only Jesus can bring. And then we too glorify and praise God that he loved us enough to send the good news of great joy. And so my question for you today is, is this your story? Are you part of this story? Have you heard the good news about a Savior? Have you heard the gospel, perhaps not from the lips of angels, but maybe from a dear friend, your mom or dad, a grandparent, a brother or sister, Or maybe this morning you're hearing the good news of great joy for the first time. And if you have received this good news, listen, I think this will be most of you out here right now. You've heard that good news. You've received that good news of great joy. And and at one time, you were stirred up by that. When you recognize that there was a God in heaven who loved you so much and a Savior who would be willing to go and die on a cross to pay the price for your sins so that you could enter into a relationship with God and you didn't have to earn it, you didn't have to deserve it, there's nothing you could do to get it on your own. God simply gave it to you. And when you heard that, it brought such joy. But as you sit here today, perhaps through the circumstances of your life or the challenges that you have been through, 
or perhaps because it's been a, a drift in your life away from that intimate relationship with the Lord that you have to admit that my joy is no longer to the overfilled mark. It's no longer running over. In fact, if I had a meter to measure my joy, it'd be over in the red. The check engine light popping on. The low fuel light coming on. There's a very simple prayer that if you pray this with sincerity, I believe with all my heart, God delights in answering. It is restore unto me the joy of my salvation. God, give me that joy that I once knew, that passion for you that I once had, that excitement that I am a child of God because God loved me so much he was willing to send his son. Lord, restore to me the joy of that salvation. May every time I pass a nativity scene, may I look at that baby and have the same joy, in fact, a greater joy than those shepherds knew that night. God, give it to me again. And I would ask that you would add this to your prayer. God, if you answer my prayer and you restore to me that joy, then I'm going to share it with someone else. I'm not going to keep it all to myself. God, as you have freely given it to me, I want to give it to others. And you know some people who this Christmas season need to hear the good news of great joy. Would you share it with them? And if that's not your story, if you've never received the good news that brings great joy, why not today? Why not come and, and say to God today, I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm separated from you. And I don't, want, I don't want it to stay that way anymore. This very day, this very moment, I am turning my life over. I am surrendering to you. I am receiving what it is that you have to give to me. I am ready to be a child of God. And if that's what you need today, then I want to invite you to come. We're going to sing a song here in just a few moments. And as we sing that final song, I'm going to invite you to come. For some, it may be to come and to pray, either alone or with our, with our men and women who will be here to pray with you and, and just to pray, God, restore to me the joy of my salvation. But for some others, it may be a desire to receive that good news and the joy that comes with it. And this could be your day of salvation. We're going to pray now, and I'm going to ask that you would open yourself up to ask God to do in you whatever it is that he wants to do in you this moment. Let's pray. Lord God, as we pause this time, we know that for some of us, you are calling us to action.
You are calling us, Lord, to take a step. Perhaps it's to come and to plead with you, the King of heaven, to restore the joy of our salvation so that we might once again overflow, especially in this season. Well, Lord, I pray for that one today who is struggling right now to take that first step of faith to come and acknowledge Jesus as Savior. Lord, I pray that for for them today would be their day of salvation. And I ask for it in the blessed name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.